pick up the thread again firming up center opening the heart so these uh, phrases like this refer to energetic processes that which can consolidate firm up that's to do with gathering energy together collecting it opening the heart means opening (laughs) energies instead of being tangled blocked occluded mixed up can actually just start to uh, open become more so we become more uh, available Uh, translucent we can allow qualities to shine through Uh, so the open heart is essentially a transmitter of of good qualities Mm. so of course the point of firming up is to be able to consolidate uh, so that uh, one has a a transmitter it's actually transmitting a true signal so they sound rather mysterious because of course in the you know uh, by and large, people operate through sight, sound, touch, taste, thought. Uh, these, these, these are reference points. And operate very much from seeing themselves to be a material body. They live within this casing. Now the material bodies are separate. They're very dense. You know, and there's empty spaces between them. And that's the, you know, the, the standard model. Uh, which is, of course, many drawbacks, including death, <laughs> sickness, separation, loss, uh, comparisons, contrasts, uh, coming, going, pleasure, pain, and, and so forth. Uh, and also this sense of operating as an independent entity, which sets up a firm basis for greed, I've got some of that for me, aversion, get out of my space, uh, uh, this kind of thing. And for people to just to grab each other, take over each other, abuse each other, exploit each other, you know, from that position of, I am this, you are that, therefore I do a number on you. <laughs> this doesn't have to happen, but it does happen. You know, right across the board, different nations, cultures, societies throughout history of human beings have operated in this way and will continue to do so probably as long as those bases remain this is these are definitely uh, models of uh, distorted behavior that can arise from that basis if you gener- come from an energetic basis you just feel the discord of abuse and yeah you know you, might, you, you know it's so poisonous you don't you, you can't form within that Really, it said like that. You know, awakened beings just cannot do evil because they've got no way of, of forming it. <laughs> the energies don't do that anymore because yeah. yeah. it's, it's, the energy body has been transformed. Energy body, energy has been transformed. So again, what are we referring to? If you. Uh, you know, so it comes to the simply, simply the fact of the bodily experience, which you can 
certain experience in terms of what you can see with your eyes but uh, of all bodies that you see with your eyes your, your own is the most mysterious because you never see the back of it <laughs> you don't see much of it at all really so what kind of body is that one you can't even see <laughs> how much is that yours you know it's generally somebody else's you, you paint it so somebody else can see it looking good but you can't see it because you're <laughs> so you just get a reflection of what other people that's that's not your body that's their body isn't it <laughs> and you're just getting a rebound of what they think about it <laughs> so this is visual body is probably the least uh, uh, satisfactory one to cultivate because it's so it's not even yours and then we of course we have the tactile body which is a series of of tactile impressions, some comfortable, some uncomfortable, and uh, that's always very changing weather, climate, uh, heat, cold, um, things impinging upon it, so forth. Tactile, physical impressions. This is a great body to live within, but we certainly we can experience that and put a lot of attention in trying to make it as comfortable as possible. It doesn't get that comfortable <laughs> on its own anyway but then you have another body which most people don't really know about or never conceived of and this is pretty simple you can sense the fact that your body is sensitive what does that mean it means it is a shimmer when something touches it shimmers as it's an energy shiver when you, uh, and it's very much uh, associated with what we'd normally call immaterial phenomena you're allowed to crash and your body jumps yeah. and somebody speaks to you in a welcoming tone your body soothes you feel comfortable threatening, you feel slightly edgy anger, you feel prickly, heated you know, by the effects of other people then your own emotions do the same thing so what's that? energy stirring in the body in association with emotions so this is definitely an experience and quite a valid experience because it's beginning to show us as you feel those energies what, what energies would you really feel the most helpful probably not uh, uh, you know, energies associated with violence uh, you know fear, worry, pressure, stress, blaming, accusing, complaining, you know, greedy, they just, you know, you don't have to think about it, you can sense how, how distorted they are, how uncomfortable they are, how there's no ease or contentment or stability in them, they're always driving, pushing, forcing, twisting, turning, you know, they're, they're hungry energies and you feel them in your body and naturally the average person does feel these to an extent and then you dump down on it to shut it down or you know put some music box and you get some rhythm bouncing through it to kind of shake it into shape again <laughs> dance around a bit so it's the energies are sort of but uh, it hasn't actually directly relieved them because we've just really introduced uh, another set of rhythms and 
from outside, we haven't done anything with our own in ourselves to moderate that. And when the body energy is distorted, then you can't really expect behavior to be straight and clean and true. It's going to be muddled, well-intentioned, but fumbly, erratic, uh, impatient, uh, blurry, because the energy is not steady. And if and then that's quite dangerous, isn't it? If we start fumbling, half-hearted, not really clear about what's doing, thrusting, not taking our time with things, you know, or stagnant, then what kind of actions can come from that? Or driven with passion. You know, so you're all fired up and blaring, but you don't actually listen to anything, you know. You see people like that, just all fired up, pushy, domineering types, push right through, but almost impervious to any kind of mutuality (laughs) or receptivity. These are called world leaders. (laughs) 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 Great. The tyrant, tyrant kings. (laughs) Mostly men. And uh, completely obsessed in themselves. And you hear that and you just feel feel slightly sick when you see you feel this coming along. And you feel the energy just sick, distorted, nothing you want to get anywhere near. But you know, some people definitely fall under the spell of that world leaders do get uh, supported because the energy is a certain demonic charisma to it that attracts people you know he may be a pig but he's my pig (laughs) and pig's a polite word (laughs) you know because he's he'll push through you know make things happen dominate he'll dominate You'll lick things into shape, you'll beat those guys up, you'll get us ahead. And this kind of domination paradigm, which unfortunately people salute. Because then we'll get ours, we'll get a good result. We'll get what we want. Yeah, we'll get ahead. It's kind of wow, this is this is passion, this is demonic energy. And you can see the results of that, you know. Society, you know. In general, politics in general, being very general, you know, economy, drive, dominate, destroy, exploit, powerful energy. And you know, results are not just theoretical, they're invisible. And you know, the only strategy is, well, how can I get even more dominating so I can dominate the other guys? <laughs> And you see, you know, this kind of thing playing out. Bombs and geopolitics, people blasting each other to pieces. Chemical gas and stuff like that. You know, this is demons, all right. People don't believe in them anymore. You don't have to believe in them. <laughs> you just look around <laughs> and you feel it. Is this, what's this? How can anything so mad and cruel but blazingly glorious? It's an energy form. And clearly, it's something we're all could be very seduced by. Probably to some extent, we can all 
feel any of that in ourselves, got a certain, you know, get mine, get ahead, you know, tell him what I get mine, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know? So the, but then it does give one a certain axis, you know? Certain axis is there, certain conviction, definitely strong form, but it's a demonic axis because it's no, there's no openness to it. Absolutely no openness to it. It's unable to receive anything in a mutual moderating. How's that for you? Basis. This is why these two are important things to measure. It's not just about being firm. You know, demons can be very firm. It's about being open. In a, in a in a way that's actually mutual. Yeah. I mean, I have this axis here, this axis there. We just, how's this going to work? You know. Very important to get these these two, in my opinion. Partly because this sense of firmness is very convincing. We get this called clinging. Clinging, we cling to our views and opinions. Who's got the best here? You know, who's really got the best system? Who's got the best religion? Who's got the best this? You know, my team, my football team, my my group with a cling. That's firm, all right, <laughs> but it's not open. And you can even think concentrations that concentrations get really rock solid, totally firm, completely oblivious to everything else. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> well that's not that's not it There's, that is certainly something that people can do willfully, I don't deny that but what happened to the openness does it open just mean you're shredded by everything that comes along just, you know, completely vulnerable like a jelly no, it means it's, it's you're, you're not just open to everything that comes in you're, you're opening so you can transmit goodness you know beauty and certainly you see you know cultivators who really have uh, you know beautiful samadhi you know you just sit anywhere near them you start to feel good because <laughs> the energy is coming out by itself you can sense the energy field is is uh, bright strong warming and certainly in monastic circles that's one often people just go to a place where you just sit around with some of these beings and just soak up the vibes it's not a fantasy it's a real thing you know you just feel better from it and certainly when we act as a group together in our humble way we're all contributing the best bit we've got and you know if we all contribute our best bits we get a corporate you know field of pretty decent energy and then you can sit in that and you know, you know let it have its effects of course, the more we all contribute to that by, by purifying our own field and staying open, then the more we will benefit from it. And that's the logic of, of these group situations. Sangha really means group. Buddha didn't you know, establish that in a very clear way. You know, it's not just a team, uh, like, but, but a collection whereby the presence of each other in this open, firming way, uh, just being with each other and even you know, embodying to some extent, modelling 
were constantly supporting each other and remaining open. Open and yet, we don't talk, you know, not, not just nattering, chatting, but actually present. And there's something you don't have to, you know, do to much as stop, stop doing the opposite. If <laughs> you stop shutting yourself off, <laughs> it happens naturally. <laughs> How do you shut yourselves off? That's how you do it. <laughs> Go into that noise in your head, get involved with it. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> you know how to do that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it gets so that it's difficult to do anything but because you know, your, your form starts to go in that direction there's this anutsaya or latent tendency to get involved with your own <coughs> karmic stuff you know uh, and these because these energetic fields have a certain uh, form you see so rather like the form of a magnetic field it, it shapes and it shapes your mind. So eventually your mind is shaped by the, the, the kind of energies that uh, you've been inducted into or contributed to. And so then it tends to go on that in that way. And our social model generally tends to induct us into a lot of thinking, a lot of preoccupation with ourselves, independence, stimulation, so that the mind bends that way. Even when it's, it's, a, it's completely unnecessary to do so. And it's this frustrating thing. Why am I doing that? I don't want to do it. I don't want it to do that. It's doing it. <laughs> I'm obsessing about the path. I don't want to do this. It's doing it. Because these energetic fields have a power. But we do have some say over it. Yeah. And the, so, you know, and this is through handling these energetic fields as they occur but being very clear about that and probably you know we say body speech mind in buddhism in that in that order so body well it's pretty obvious speech actually means the process of forming concepts so even when you're silent your mind is forming concepts that's an energy that does that it's energy creating things and mind, citta, probably better to call it heart, because it's the effective, responsive, sensitivity experience associated with being touched by something, feeling something in your heart, which could be a meaning, you get it, oh, yeah, and you, you feel something shift, right? You feel frightened and your heart shimmers, you feel loved and your heart rises, yeah, that that's what we mean by chitta, that experience. That sensitive, effective, responsive thing. Which, uh, f- first, is quite involuntary, you know. This is why it comes, even though it's the most important thing, it comes at the end because we have the least say over it. You can't say, let me be happy, and it happens. But you can say, well, let me straighten my body up, open my spine, drop my shoulders and take a few breaths, that's possible. 
and so this very modest practice just you know don't have to sitting standing walking even reclining trying to lengthen your spine come out of the contracted state you know we're, we're crunched up slumped um, to lengthen so that your bodily field is a little less convoluted and tangled uh, try to open and relax as many muscles as, as you possible you don't need uh, even in your fingers and your face because every one of those muscles is attuned to the energies running through the body so anywhere there's some stress energies running through the body some or another some muscles will be picking up that tune they could be in your fingers they could be in your belly they could be in your eyes so you're just checking out is any of this stuff the wrong tune you know why is my eyes all puckered up wait a minute oh yeah I could do that oh, right. now the fingers and eyes have changed you find that if you just begin to re- recognize certain muscles tones in your body and what's that one that seems a bit tight is it possible to release it the way of release is you go to that area and you bring awareness onto it which is a receptive sense and just start widening your awareness from that area including it but keep widening and widening and widening it so you're like you're spreading awareness over an area and this the power of awareness is such that energy will follow it energy will follow it and you can do that to your own body you can bring awareness onto your own body and your body energy will follow it not necessarily immediately if you do it repeatedly and firmly and caringly your body is not stupid it picks up the sense of something repeated soft, caring and it starts to trust that and it opens to it you linger, you widen and you bring that there and you'll find that parts of your body will start to unlock so you can do this scanning process through the entire body you know, basically first of all the whole form here it is which isn't always the case for people they don't actually have a whole body yet energetically speaking their awareness isn't even in tune with it and then you start to get the basic structure the upright from the base of the body up is that all there <coughs> sweep up and down that a few times lengthening opening you know, opening the joints lengthening steadying right to the top you're at the top yet anything more even extend a little bit beyond the top so you've got room to just let the body stretch itself for a little and down so you're really having a very generous open quality around your body vertical, lateral, across the shoulders, hips, knees and you keep sweeping wider till you get to the extremities and then just a little wider so you create a nice loose comfortable envelope with your awareness where awareness goes your energy will go if you do it repeatedly and you find you're sitting in a space you don't necessarily call it an energy you just feel your body feels somewhat larger what's actually happening is the energetic field is widening instead of being compressed inside your body or in parts of your body 
like the, the power parts or the parts that are most uh, triggered in your chest or your belly or your face you know so you, as you why then, then the body becomes more just by doing that the body begins to come into something more unified like a unified field where no one part is really standing out above all the others the energies become more balanced this itself is a practice a very worthwhile practice you can use your moderate your energy just if you're brushing a horse or stroking a cat you know, just nice and steady sweeping across so then you've got something and then within the sign that you can recognize is when that then that is accomplished you'll find quite easily and naturally you can sense within all that there's this central pulse a long slow pulse of breathing in and out so I'd always recommend if you're following doing mindfulness of breathing don't start sticking your attention on the end of your nose and you know waiting for the doors of the deathless to pop open <laughs> hurry up I've been here half an hour already it doesn't work like that because uh, you can get this constriction whereby instead of mindfulness you've got obsessiveness which is a, a false a false model of mindfulness get obsessed and if your energy tighten up get intense very intense and, you, and we like the intensity it makes us feel firm I feel rock solid yeah. but how open are you? open? what do you mean? I'm concentrating <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's a problem that's not, that's not that's a problem <laughs> that's not samadhi that's called problem <laughs> stop meditating will you? because <laughs> you're doing yourself harm <laughs> you're going to get intense you get intense and you get angry about people who make noise around you because you know they're disturbing your meditation and then you wonder how long you're going to do it for before you get these results or you think you're really good at it and you're making a big big self and you're going to dominate your mind <laughs> and you're doing yes this is, this is demons <laughs> again just wait open to our body when the breath comes naturally the breathing comes naturally think, no this isn't something I've demanded or controlled it's just arising through an open steady field I think I can trust this this isn't me manipulating things this isn't me dominating things this is just arising it speaks for itself it's steady it's soothing it's, it's radiating I think I can trust this and that's, that's you know. clearly this this itself is a you know the path in its own right in which people can spend years cultivating enjoying studying becoming more accomplished in But also in that process and along with that we also have this 
process of the speech faculty or the conceiving faculty, the vajji, it's called vajji sankara, that ability to articulate, to bring a thought into mind and resonate it. Now, you know, meditators sometimes have this very anti-thought notion, which has some wisdom in it, because most of the thoughts are, are complete rubbish. <laughs> it's a very tangled field, the thought field, very tangled energy field. And mostly this, this field has been, has been taken over and colonized by demons. <laughs> demons, tricksters, conmen, <laughs> and so forth. So, you know, uh, we live in a, in, a, in a verbal deluge uh, and most of it is not healthy. It's a uh, deluge that's aimed to either just stupefy you with nonsense, seduce you, push you around, frighten you, uh, make you believe in this and that and the other. Uh, A lot of it is just empty, just 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 noise. Doesn't mean anything at all. Just like cornflakes, you know, cornflake words. Got no body in them, no nutrients at all. But it's easy. Pour hot water on it, drink it. Doesn't do you any good. <laughs> and yeah, that's probably a huge amount of what we we are subjected to. So eventually, this becomes one's one's thinking capacity becomes inducted into this. Your mind starts to to, to pick up the tune, it follows it. So your mind is not your own. In that sense. Belongs to the language, it belongs to the concepts, the topics, and the energies of the mainstream but we do have some say over it and uh, say particularly if one has begun is getting a basic sense of the body is all here you know it's here and some degree of groundedness in it then you get then that itself helps to just moderate the uh thrust of thought you found a, a kind of steady energy and you're able to think more slowly carefully uh, uh, and then the skill of, uh, of trained thought is to pick up a simple thought place it and listen to it So you pick up a thought, place it, listen to the resonance of it, how it feels, because thoughts, like the body, touch the heart. These energy levels, these three fields intersect, just as a steady, calm body helps your heart to feel steady and calm, so a steady, calm thought helps your heart to feel calm. So we might begin, this is what mantra is about, what recitations are about, what chanting is about. Just pick up a simple thought, make the sound. 
wait till the sound has passed. Pick it up. Do it again. Pick it up. Picking up. It's called Vitaka. Pick up. Thought. Bok. Like dropping a pebble onto a lake. Pop. And then look at the shimmer. Until the shimmer dies away. Pick up another one. Pop. Pick up the same pebble. Pop. And eventually a kind of the pattern of the resonances begin to become established. Pick up the pebble, drop, splish. See the, the ripple, pick up the same pebble, drop it from the same height, pop, same resonance. Your mind begins to sense that, that resonance. Because yeah. it's an energetic resonance. It begins to entrain to that. I was saying earlier just to bear in mind that all sacred religious or if you want to call it meaningful uh, utterances were always spoken in the Indian tradition writing wasn't considered a respectful way of transmitting anything (laughs) because there's nobody there You look at the book, there's nobody in that book, it's just a piece of paper. I can't tell you if this paper's got integrity, whether it's honest, what its behaviour is, whether it would look after me, would it come when I was in sick? I don't think it would. It's got no quality. <laughs> how, can it say, well, how can we trust this then? One of these things could. <laughs> so this is what we trust. One of these things, these things called humans. When they're uttering truth, then you come spoken through a body where somebody's actually there. You know, and the what they're saying carries their voice tone, which is a tonality to it, their manner, which is a tonality to it, the fact they're addressing you with a sense of care and attention, those all have tonalities which have, a, have an energetic heart quality to them. And the Buddha only spoke. He never wrote a thing. And that was always the case. For hundreds of years. So whatever the word is, on a conceptual <coughs> level, the utterance of it is another thing altogether. Nowadays, of course, most of our words are little squiggles. They're not happy squiggles, they're not generous squiggles, they're just squiggles. <laughs> no quality at all. Because it's so neutral, you see, you can get demons can write truth and love. It looks like the same thing as if an angel wrote it. (laughs) An angel writes truth and love, looks exactly the same as if a demon wrote it, it, because there's nobody there. And isn't that the case? In our society, now even when there is somebody there, 
This is recorded announcement. Thank you for your message. We'll get back to you tomorrow soon. Thank you very much for your custom. Your custom, you're really welcome. You're very important to us. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, <laughs> see, well, there is supposed to be somebody there. There's nobody there. <laughs> Consult the website for instructions. Look at our technical support page. But there's nobody here. <laughs> you know. You've been done again, you know. <laughs> be there. They say all these nice things about, well, your customer, we really, it's really important that we serve you well, and da 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 da. But we're not going to serve you at all. <laughs> There's nobody here to serve you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd go somewhere else, but isn't it anywhere else, you know? Now, in this. Uh, Dharma and discipline say there's got to be somewhere else and if I can't get it from around me I'm going to at least get it in here instead of just babbling to myself I'm going to start to say true things here so at least my at least my own heart can pick up some resonance yeah. so then when we use the breath we chant we use the breath so it really embodied so resonating through even if you don't understand the word, you get the tonality of it. Maybe this is really a good way to dismantle the word from the page and get it into the heart. Just take it off the page and into the heart and embodied. And as you've begun to cultivate that and you know how to think, <laughs> I mean, how to think in a dumbic way, right? Uh, so you talk to yourself in a dhammic way, you realize this is not about huge swathes of information, because often what you need to say to yourself, very simply, in a way you can hear is, just wait and stop. Just, just stop doing that. Just stop. You know, no, no, just stop doing that. Okay? No, just, just stop doing Oh, you mean stop? <laughs> yeah, stop. Oh, okay, stop. <laughs> it's not. It, yeah, it's not profound, but where it's coming from, or just try. Just try for a moment. Okay, let's pick it up. Yeah, I know. Just just one moment, pick it up. Gently encouraging the tonality with which we refer to ourselves is the meaning. It's not, it's not the word, it's the tonality. And we know when's the time to speak, encourage, lifting, when's the time to be firmly restraining, when's the time to, yeah. And often this is very, these simple messages. You know, are the basic beginnings of practice. And this is really around what we call precepts, isn't it? I mean, they're hardly in great new inventions, but when you really get it, like a sense of living beings, don't harm them. Live, look, look, living beings, don't harm them. Oh, living beings, don't harm them. Oh, I got it. Because you get a sense of living being, sentient. Subject to fear and pain, harming, 
horrible. Don't do it. Of course. <laughs> you know, and your mind crystallizes. Otherwise, well, you know, living beings don't harm. Well, I don't know about that really, because some living beings are really rather unpleasant. It doesn't do them any, you know, they don't mind being shot occasionally. It's good for them because it's some exercise. <laughs> Keeps the numbers down, you know. <laughs> well, let's apply that logic to humans. <laughs> I mean, you know, deer and foxes, they like a good run. Hounds <laughs> chasing them. Uh, yes, living beings. Fear, panic, desperation, don't do it, you know. It's my right to shoot. I pay my taxes. It's my right to shoot, my way of my recreation, I deserve it. Living beings, don't harm them. You know, you can see how the verbiage can justify just about anything. You know? And it's, it's uh, you see, democracy, justice, freedom means bomb somebody. <laughs> doesn't believe the same thing as you do. Security means go and be aggressive to somebody else. <coughs> you know how you, it's exactly the contrary. Make you feel comfortable, welcome. You know? You know, the tonality is so important. It's really important to get that sense of relating to one's heart in this way, because this is where everything goes, you know. Because these fields intersect, we sometimes don't even people don't really even know what the heart is. They know what the word is. They've seen the little symbols. They get the red pictures, and they send Valentine's cards, and you know we all love everybody. And everything. <laughs> you know, it's, you don't, but what what is that? This, this is not just a caricature, not just a symbol, not just a slogan upon a t-shirt. This means a particular resonance, openness, sharing, virtue, goodness, comfort, security, warmth. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know the real thing because if you do it to yourself, you'll know. Whether you're just giving yourself another line of, of cliches, another way of, I love you very much, so therefore you've got to behave yourself. No, that's not it. You don't deserve loving kindness because you haven't been very good. No, that's not it. If you want to be loved, you better shape up. No, that's not it. After all I've done for you, don't you love me in return? No, that's not it. That's not it at all, is it? It's the unconditional embracing of chaos. And then holding it, steadying it, soothing it, calming it. Breathing out. And so we begin here, you know, because then you know the real thing, because if you get the real thing, you don't feel, you, you you get an energetic shift, you really feel yourself. Oh, you've met yourself. Not your image of yourself, you've met your heart. And your heart so rises up, that being met. 
rises. So you know the real thing, because then you've spoken the truth, and the real thing lifts up. And truth could be love, truth, same thing really. Um, They're all aspects of Dharma. So you know, and then we can so then we can trim that that process of verbalization down to just the even repeated sounds, repeated words, repeated phrases. But remember, it's not exactly the the script; it's the tonality. Yeah, the tonality that counts. What would it really like? What would it really be like? if someone really, you felt they really searched and wished for your well-being. It's difficult to conceive that. (laughs) Just play with the idea. What would that tone be like? You'd probably just Mm -hmm. open up and feel you're going to do something, you're not good enough, and they're saying, just linger, just take this, just receive this. So turning this quality towards one's own heart. Very helpful because um, we're coming out of the stranglehold of corrupted thoughts. So you start to be introduced benevolent thought just so that you've got something that can lead you. Because the powerful thing about words is they can lead us. They can lead us. It's a real merry dance, of course. But the Buddha did speak and spoke a lot for a, for a very good reason because the word, the spoken word, is a leader. You know, we can, so if we're trying to know how we can say one or two words of deep truth, you don't need that many, really. Just one or two words of deep truth is the path. No, no, there. And this is the pace you go at. This is the tone. This is the the tonality you follow. This is the energy you follow. You don't need a lot. Because it's not, it's the meaning. And the meaning is uh, energetic. I said, I mean, I don't don't mean it's full of, it's not jumping up and down, but it's got a steady, straight, soothing energy. Energy feels kind of, you get a feeling of what pure energy is. There's no snarl ups and tangles and pressure and manipulation in it, just straight and clean and simple. And as you feel it, you feel something brightening when you hear truth. And you straighten and brighten under it. You know, as we, the Buddha, I don't probably was literate, but I mean, probably could read if need be, but they generally didn't, because what's there to read? You know? <laughs> when you're living in nature, you're reading nature. You're reading people. You're reading body. You've got enough reading material. What do you want to look at this stuff for? 
nowadays we can use this stuff, these pages, and, but we've got to really translate them. And of course, many of the great masters uh, didn't, you didn't read much at all because they'd be out up a mountain somewhere. No internet access. <laughs> or in a forest. So they just have a few mantras chanting. Mm-hmm. You said chanting it once, surely you know it by now. What are you saying the same thing over and over again for? You already know it by now, don't you? No, it's because you're just generating a particular energy and moving it through and letting that energy keep training and soothing and steadying the heart and clearing away the jangle, the doubt, the agitations, the congestions, the passions, so that mind is just in that energetic field. You know? And you get some of these Master Xu Yun, the great Chan Master. Yeah, he's, I think he just did homage to Amitabha Buddha for like 70 years, <laughs> at least. <laughs> and he walked across China into Tibet with this mantra, bet, you know, with straw sandals into Tibet, walked from Tibet down through Burma, yeah, and lived to be 120 years old, and built monasteries. And he just said, you yeah, know, a few troubles going on, like there was a sort of First World War, um, Second World War, Communist Revolution, uh, Civil War, a few, a few disturbances in the field. I just kept to keep my mantra going. <laughs> a little bit of turbulence, but I just kept going. You know, there was some, there was some bit of sickness going on. You know, but this, it was obviously due to diluted thinking. So I just got back to my mantra. Okay, well, you know, man walked his talk, all right. Didn't talk much, but what he talked, he walked a lot. <laughs> Man, is this guy crazy or what? Then you, well, he, you know, he lived 120 years old, a life of purity, bright, radiant, compassionate figures. Well, that's good enough, you know. Maybe he wasn't a great, didn't know calculus or computer mechanics, but. What do you want in our life, you know? <laughs> These are just things to consider. You know? So often we just feel we cram our heads with, with words. It's going to get us more knowledge. But you want to just use the little bit. Tucker, place it, resonate with it. So using this teaching, you know, resonating themes. So you touch the heart with meaning. And the heart energy itself, as you begin to touch that and, and, and massage it, and, and you know, energize it with benevolent meaning, with straight meaning, with clear meaning, with purposeful meaning, you know, then you've got the real hidden language of the heart, mm-hmm. the radiances of karuna compassion which uh, is a very strong field, energy field mm. and you could summarize compassion if you like it verbally if you like to just get a simple verbal device and you meet some suffering and compassion says tell me more I want to hear more more it's that, it's that movement in that expands over over stressful air run gets agitated or tries to get over it, expands. 
and these Brahma Viharas are expansions of, of intention. As we know, the mind can move forward, it can dance around, it can jump up and down, but now it stays still in one sense, on one point, and as it stays still and gathers, it then expands. Yeah. You look at the language that's used, exalted, immeasurable, abundant. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> the boundless, measureless mind, no edges to it. Right? Right? That, that quality. What's happening? No. There's a big heart field is expanding. There's room for you and you and you and you and you in that. And all the forms of our own inner jangle can be held in those great open arms and met. And, you know, and this is, you know, if you can get any of this going, you know, you're really going to do some healing. Because that's, that's, that you're the only one who can do it. Other people may really want to help you, really want to help you, and then may give you signals that do encourage. Eventually, you know, you've got to be able to open those arms yourself. Because that's where you're right on it. You know? <laughs> and, and in a way, the funny thing is that you, there's no, you don't have to make an answer because the very opening itself is already an answer. Because when pain and hurt hits us, we contract and shatter. Right? We break up. We say I had a breakdown. I broke up with my partner. I had a crash. You know <laughs> what happened? You literally, your heart literally broke. Not flesh organ clearly, but your heart energy was shattered by betrayal or violence or something. So it's a shattering. You know, in those open arms, you know, that shattering is healed because. You connect to all of it, you hold all of it, and you breathe through all of it, and you resonate through all of it, and it begins to come together again. Whatever the emotional ups and downs are in that process, that's the healing process. It's not always so comfortable to to open to one's pain, to embrace it, and then just resonate benevolence across it. And holding it, and then eventually the heart will be able to open, and those difficult arrows that nailed, seem to be nailed in it just fall out. Yeah. So this is the you know the healing of the opened opened heart. We need the strength, and this is really a only you know this is a dumber door. <laughs> and clearly the Buddha taught for. 40, 45 years or so, uh, most every day, and this was just one, one of the one of the themes that he, he cultivated and trained in. Uh, there are there are several, there are many, in fact. But th- these these are called doors to the deathless. These four immeasurables. So they're reliable dhammas. You can you can you know what they mean. You know what they you know what the words say sound attractive. Try to get the meaning of it, resonate it, and uh, and then you'll know the real thing. You also know how to use your thinking mind, how to use your breathing, your body energy. You know how all these link up, 
and you really know what the heart is uh, not just there's a strange mess of memories and impressions and feelings but it's an energy form and you can directly relate to and heal it and steady it so as we cultivate we can turn our attention this way you can do this standing, walking or sitting uh, because any of those forms if you practice them correctly will open the body field and then what's happening in this? you're feeling pressurized you're feeling agitated you're feeling a bit negative Okay. let's just send one benevolent thought form one benevolent energy form through that as you walk and the rhythm of your walking, like the rhythm of your breathing, acts as the as the time moderator. It's just steady, steady, embodied time, steady movement, rhythmic movement, acts as the keeps the timing of, the, of your of your practice, not the clock. And touching what you need to touch. Of course, if you're feeling good. No problem at all. There's no point. Then it's still, still not a waste of time to just develop more detail and enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, you know, if you're in a good space, just start to develop that deep enjoyment and gratitude. You know, whatever I've you know been safe from the gnashing pits for today. Anyway, <laughs> good. You know, and uh, may I off, may I my mind turn with a blessing. You know, to the world around me, certainly you'll feel the beauty of that, that energy, of heart energy. Yeah. And so, really using this time to, to strengthen the heart, firm the heart, open the heart. So, let's take some time for practice, direct practice. <laughs>